Attention, this is a matter of national security. After a meteorite crashed into the New Jersey Turnpike, the following digital audio transmission from the You Watch I Listen podcast was intercepted by NASA scientists in the year 2019. The You Watch I Listen podcast is about to start. Sit down, listen close, and try not to die. The You Watch I Listen podcast starts now. evacuated for a bomb threat. Oh, fuck you. A couple other really funny news stories. Kenny G. Who the fuck is Kenny G? The fucking clarinet player. What did he do wrong? He's being Charles Manson all weird. In the middle of it, he cuts her off and goes, Oh, fuck yeah. Take it out, take it out. Now I see why people followed Charles Manson. He was very straightforward. He had the right idea. It's time for the You Watch I Listen podcast, and always remember, don't sniff it, just do it. What? Are we recording? Hi, Taylor. What? What do you want? (laughs) How are you today, buddy? I'm just fucking great, dude. I'm excellent. My fucking shit's broken. Josh took two fucking hours to get this shit set up, and I had a good day at work. (laughs) All right, to be fair, I got stuck at work. Not my fault. Of course it wasn't. Of course it's not your fault. Are you the boss? I mean... Yeah, but I have a boss. What does that mean? Yeah, a boss has a boss. Just like you have a boss. Your boss is your fucking dad. Yeah, but he's my boss for the rest of my life. He doesn't have That's to be true. your boss tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he's his bo- your boss for as long as he wants. And uh, you guys can't tell, this is episode 95, Josh? 95? 96. If you watch I Listen... 96, Jesus Christ. 96, you watch, I listen. It is our, I guess, fourth week of quarantine, you watch, I listen. I've lost track of time. I've lost track of weeks, days, months, all that shit. Yeah. Yeah, and who knows when it's going to actually get back to normal. We found out today that we will not be able to go into stores without wearing face masks. Um, I watched it happen or uh, something over your face. Doesn't have to be a face mask. Uh, I saw it happen in Walgreens today, which is uh, a woman was very upset that she didn't have her face covered. Yeah, you're wearing a bandana. I actually got a couple N95 masks, um, but I was using bandanas before that. Don't don't, uh, publish that shit, man. People are going to fucking come after you. Uh, come after me, man. I got things here. Uh, I got some things from people that uh, I shouldn't have, but I have things. Uh, Taylor, do you have to wear uh, uh, face coverings if you're going into customers' houses? Yeah, but they're not letting us in at all. So, nah. Like the customers, or nah. the, is that part of the state mandates? 
No, it's uh, it's the customer thing. Um, the customers really just don't want us in the house or anywhere near the house, really. Yeah. I guess it kind of makes sense right, right now with everything going on. You know, like uh, New Jersey, they're saying, is not even going to hit its apex for another two weeks, possibly. That's a yeah, lot. and we had 272 deaths in the last 24 hours. And I just saw something as a country. We just had our largest death toll to date. Um, but let's not focus on sad things right now. Um, you know, everyone knows what's going on. You know, we don't need to be the harbors of bad news. You're getting enough bad news in your own life. You're probably laid off. Uh, you're like Spooner sitting at home or you're like Colucci and life's about the same. Um, so before we, uh, get into everything, why don't we give a shout out to a couple of our friends? Uh, obviously the sports world is kind of at a standstill, but we will, as of right now, be getting a UFC in a couple weeks. And if you want to play some bets on the fights, you should be doing that at BetDSI. And that's because BetDSI has been paying winners for 20 years. They're the top rated on betting review sites. And they give you the chance to use your sports knowledge to make some extra cash. BetDSI has a very friendly user interface and mobile site and the fastest payouts in the industry. It's simple. You play, you win, and you get paid. BetDSI offers betting options for on, for everything. Bet on MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL, UFC, and all other major sports, politics, reality TV, esports, virtually everything. You can try live betting at BetDSI where you can bet on events from start to finish, every play and every minute until the end. New members will get a 100% bonus match with their first deposit by using promo code YWIL. That's more than double your money to start winning immediately. Taylor and I play there ourselves and we recommend BetDSI to add some extra excitement to the sports you love or the only ones you can watch right now. Once again, go to BetDSI.com use promo code YWIL to get this limited time 100% bonus offer and a free $25 wager to test the waters. Don't miss out and go make some extra cash this betting season. It's only a game so you bet it at bet dsi um and a shout out to our guys at lobo sound if you have a product you need to advertise or if you need a website you should be called lobo sound and that's because lobo sounds world-renowned commercial production and website construction in english spanish and polish have made lobo sound a fixture in the chicago radio and digital advertising communities but lobo sound isn't limited to chicago Alaska, Atlanta, Toronto, Toledo, Hawaii, New Jersey, New York, Montecito, California, wherever you are, Lobo Sound has your back. Lobo Sound can help you reach your target market effectively and affordably. Reach who you want to reach, when you want, on all devices and applications. For more information, call Lobo Sound at 630-244-9704. That's 630-244-9704. Or visit them at www.lobosound.com. Mention you watch iListen and you get a 10% discount. So once again, go to lobosound.com or call them at 630-244-9704 all right uh why don't we get to the reviews uh taylor you want me to go first yeah sure go first all right you gave me uh chiodos album their last album before they broke up as a band you gave me chiodos devil uh this album came out in 2014 and as you stated in doing my own research it broke up shortly after this correct yeah they broke up in uh yeah 2014 this is actually the second time they officially broke up but it seems like it's for good now yeah, I mean, it's been six years now, so it doesn't seem like it. I'm sure they'll end up doing some reunion, like 10-year reunion thing for the album at some point. Um, so I want to start off by saying I really, really like this album. I was very surprised how much I liked it. Um, as far as starting an album out, the first three songs after the intro, obviously, which you don't grade, 
uh, the first three songs were fives. Um, you told you wanted me to highlight the third and fourth track on here, but the first song we're talking about practice and a nice little shout out to Alan Iverson was a fucking banger to start out the album. I really like that. Um, old fish lips is dead. Now is another one you wanted me to highlight. That was a five. Uh, I love the song. It's, it's heavier than the opening track. Uh, we're talking about practice. So it kind of changes the pace of the album a little bit. I also like the song title because it is jerky boys reference. And anytime you reference a jerky boys, I'm happy. Uh, Frank Rizzo would constantly call people fish lips, liver lips. I'm all about it. Um, but the pace, the sound on the song, it's very intense. I found myself going back to the, that song a lot, the first song as well. And then my favorite song on the album is the other one you told me to highlight, Why the Monsters Matter. Um, as perfect a song as you can get on an album like this. Um, is there a reason that this song stands out for you, Taylor? It's just my favorite. Uh, it's the one that drew me in the most. I like the guitars and I, like, I really I really enjoyed the lyrics. Um, I just, I just yeah, it's, it's lyrics are great. The guitar is great. As simple as it gets, you know? Yeah, uh, exactly. Again, kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. It didn't need to do too much. It was exactly what it needed to be. Um, so then for what it started out great, and the rest of the album is good, but it doesn't hit that peak. The peak is at the very beginning of the album for me. Um, 3 a.m. I gave a four. Um, Sunny Days and Hand Grenades was a three. My least favorite song on the album was Duct Tape, and that's the one where they kind of slow it down a little bit. It's a little bit of a more melodic song. So that yeah. one was a little lost for me, but I, it wasn't bad. It was a two. It's the only one, the only song on this album I didn't add to my own playlist. Um, so the next one was uh, Beavis Bola. Luck was a three. Looking for a tornado. Like that one. The whole when you listen to the lyrics of that song, it's a guy that is just looking to self-sabotage. So I found that a very interesting song because I think we've all been at that point in our life where we're gonna make mistakes. The, the next one was uh, expensive conversation in cheap motels was a four. Um awkward and unusual was a four. Under your halo a four. In the last Last track is really interesting because it's a nine-minute song to end with entirely straight through music was very interesting. That's I Am Everything That's Normal. I gave that a four. Um, this album was way better than I was expecting it to be. I know that you highlighted that I may not, not like the vocal. At no point did they bother me. I thought that his voice fit the music very well because his range showed he'd go from singing to just singing and, you know, he high pitch, but then he would hit some really high notes that kind of suited everything together. Um, so I'm going to give uh, Chio Devil a really enjoyable album in this genre. Um, I, I, did, I went back and I listened to some other Chiodos and I didn't like it. This was the best album of all their stuff I heard. So you picked a really good one to give me. Yeah, it's definitely the best. Uh, a lot of their old, I, I, I couldn't stand these guys at all. For whatever reason, this album just stands out like a flash in the pan. It's that good. So I'm really, I'm actually really happy you liked it. Uh, yeah. 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 It was really surprising. I probably listened to it. You know, it's obvious. I'm not, I'm not listening to the albums as much as I normally am because working from home, it's a different kind of pace where I'm at an office and I have my headphones in and I'm running around doing all these different things, but I probably listened. I liked it more on each listen. Cool. I'm like I said, I'm really happy you liked it, man, because not a lot of people like Chiodos, and I totally get why. But I like Chiodos. No, I, I mean, I can get why. I, you like I, I do yeah. or don't like them, Josh. I do. I fuck with them. Damn. You drink, Josh? What are you drinking? Oh, the uh, black cherry white claw. Uh, shit. Hell yeah. There are laws right now. There are laws right now with the white claw. Right Is um, it? Okay, so Taylor, you... why don't you take what? Okay, I'll Pause. save that for later. Uh, 
So you gave me the devil's advocate starring Keanu. Uh, I was a Keanu Neal, Keanu Reeves, and uh, Al Pacino. Uh, Al Pacino. Hua. He's very Pacino in this movie, to say the least. Uh, yes. <laughs> he's very Pacino. Uh, one particular monologue at the end, which, by the way, made me laugh more than like when he's he's dancing and mouthing that in, oh, one dude. in Monterey. Dude, it is some of the funniest shit. And then, dude, I, I had, lost it. Dude, I had the uh, I had the soundbite queued up where he's screaming, "He's a sadist!" I again laughing hysterically. <laughs> um, you know, oh, no, he's a tight ass is what he said. <laughs> he's a sadist, and I lost. I'll tell you, my shit. my my favorite my favorite over the top Pacino line is when um, Keanu goes with his wife to that party. And uh, they bring him up to the office because there's work to be done. And they're like, oh, he lives here. And he's like, where does he do this? Where does he do that? And then Keanu goes, where does he fuck? And he goes, I fuck everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, if that's, like, you know, based on a true story or whatever. But, um, again. The movie- yeah, that was so Pacino. Yeah. So, like I said, I'll, let me do that in a second. Uh, so, the movie has a lot of twists and turns. Um, the one thing I don't like but I kind of like at the same time is how it becomes a sci-fi paranormal type movie, a biblical thing. Yeah. And it doesn't show it till the end. Yeah. But like when, uh, so, um, I don't know. Keanu, Keanu, I'm gonna say, keep on saying Keanu Neal. Keanu Reeves plays this hotshot lawyer down in, um, down in fucking Florida. He gets recruited up to uh, Pacino's firm and he gets take, he's taken on these bigger, bigger cases. While this is happening, uh, his wife, Charlize Theron is slowly losing her mind. Um, you feel really bad for this woman the entire movie just because she, yeah. she feels so out of place. She just wants to go home. They had they, they had a nice life down in Florida, but, you know, he just Happy had life. to have more. You know, he just had to have more. Again, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Who wouldn't jump at that? But at the same time, you know, it's it, it was a little hard to watch, but her Descent in the Madness was really well done. Um, I didn't like this movie the first time I saw it because of that opening court scene. Where he's openly defending a, a pedophile and a molester. That's yeah. hard to watch, and he just he just reprimands this chick, uh, you know, this fourteen year old chick on the stand, like a one the witness. Yes, stand. it's hard to watch. Um, but again, Pacino really brings it home. The ending is what brings this movie home for me. Um, solid, six, absolutely. Solid six. Uh, yeah, leaning more towards a seven. Six rookie score. I'll, I'll go six three. Six point three would be my ranking. Yeah, that's fair. Um, well, like I said, Pacino doing that dance to Monterey, the Frank Sinatra song, <laughs> it went from a five to a six I, just with that. Yeah. And I'll tell you, when I first saw this movie, I saw this movie when I was younger and I didn't get it. And having revisited it a few times, I've liked it more and more because I think the the actual like moral of the movie about like how you have every chance to step away from these things that challenge you uh, uh, your morals yourself and the decisions you make I think it's a really interesting premise and how Keanu was given all these chances to step away and that he just kept going for more and more and it led to his wife and what happened to her and then the big reveal at the end that he is the the son of Satan and that this Satan wants him to bang his sister his half sister to create the Antichrist I appreciated that because that is playing into the classic Antichrist trope that's been done in a million horror movies yeah and it's it was done differently it was a twist i wasn't really expecting you kind of got yeah. the demon's vibe when it was a courtroom paranormal movie yeah you got that vibe when they beat the shit out of the guy in the park and shit but uh 
other than that, it's yeah, solid. it's solid. You know, I, I don't. Yeah, it's I a it's, it's a good Keanu Pacino movie. That Southern accent, yeah. trash. All right, absolute trash. Oh, I know his Keanu. Keanu can shoot a hundred people in a movie and not miss a single shot, but ask him to do a fucking accent anywhere, and he's horrendous. And I love yeah, him for it. It's really bad, like next level bad. <laughs> All right, so um, we got our we got our reviews out of the way. Um, so why don't we go into our picks for this week, uh, Taylor? I got mine for you. I was uh, mulling over uh, where I wanted to go with this, um, and actually Justin gave me an idea because I know this is one of Justin's favorite movies. Um, so the movie I'm going to give you came Justin. out in 2007. Is it a it movie stars, or is it a picture? It, it Justin fucking cunt. It, yeah, it's, a, I agree. it's cinema. Josh, it's cinema. I agree. Hey guys, you watch the Criterion? It's cinema. The um, Tank Engine. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie it stars um, Ethan Ethan Hawke, uh, Philip Seymour. Okay. And there's some other people you recognize in there. It's called Before the Devil Knows. Um, it is a, a crime thriller. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman plays a guy that works for. Uh, um, I, I guess you could say it's like uh, it, it's just a big business, and he's embezzling funds from the company, and they're auditing it and starting to figure out what he's doing. And to to fix this is that he leans on his brother, who's Ethan Hawke, to rob his parents' jewelry store. Okay. Um, so they could fence the the funds. He can uh, save his job, and things start to unravel from there. Uh, this is from the director Sidney Lumet, who did uh, Dog Day Afternoon and Network. Um, so this was his last movie before he died. It's a told in nonlinear storytelling, so it's very Christopher Nolan ish as well. Um, this is one of my favorite movies of the two thousands. Um, you don't really know which way it's going to go. Uh, it's Philip Seymour Hoffman, so you know you're getting something good out of it at minimum. Uh, Ethan Hawke is great. Michael Shannon's great. It's a really intense movie. Uh, the ending will definitely leave you like, holy shit. Uh, so my pick for you this week is Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. Cool. Can't wait for that. That'll be pretty cool. Um, all right, so my pick this week. I yeah, I think you'll like this one a lot. Guys, I've given you a lot of lighter music. I've given you a lot of heavy music lately, but I want to go back to pop punk for a second. Um, so the band I'm going to give you, I don't think I've given them to you yet. Is uh, the band State Champs, but you've heard me talk about these guys a lot. Uh, the band is called And State you've Champs. played them for me before. Yeah, and I'm going to give you their first record from 2013 called The Finer Things. Um, Finer Things. story about this record. I found I didn't find out about these guys. This was probably the most organic I've ever found a band before. Um, working at Best Buy, this album was sitting on a 7.99 end cap for about three, four weeks. There was only two copies, and they sat for about a month. So I, I looked at the album cover okay. pretty cool. So I said, fuck it, let me pick it up. It's a pop punk band. Let me pick it up. And like I said, organically, like old old school style. I didn't listen to them online. I threw I bought the CD, I threw it in my truck, and from track one to track eleven, fell in love with it. It's a perfect record start to finish. Um, obviously they've matured since then, but to me, this is their this is my favorite album. Like I said, I found it so organically. It doesn't happen like that anymore. Um, so yeah, state champs the finer. That's thing. always cool when you could. That that's always cool when you can find a band, let alone an album that you never didn't know anything about, and you fall in love with it, and you fall in love with the band. That is one of the coolest things you can do because you feel like it's yours, like it's something you hold more special than someone that's like you can still love a band that you heard a word of mouth, but when it's something that like you found before anyone else, I think it it, it feels like it's yours. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the big thing for me, too, was, like I said, because I found it the way I did, and I've seen them so many fucking times, 
it's just such a different like appreciation I have for these guys. And I really just love like every single record I absolutely love. Well, Living Proof not so much, but the like this one specifically holds a very near and dear place in my heart. So uh State Champs the finer things. That's my pick this week. Pinot Noir, by the cool. way, I'm excited for this, it. I opened every- this bottle. Uh, I broke the bottle opener and I spilled wine everywhere. So All right. <laughs> That's awesome. Good for you. What kind of wine is it? It's a 2017 Pinot Noir. It is called, it's from Napa Valley, Robert Mon, Man, 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 I don't fucking know. That's what it is. Copyright. And Copyright. Can't do it. It's copyright. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. All right, guys. So um, we're still in quarantine, obviously. Um, what have you guys been doing? We'll start with you, Josh. What do you, you obviously, you went back to work because you're essential. Essential. Sure. sure. Yep. <laughs> so uh what is, what has it been like going back to work um you know it's uh it's a lot easier to get there <laughs> uh, <that's, laughs> yeah yeah true that's that's the first bit of it um you know people are still buying firearms people are still buying ammo you know they think it's the end of times which of course we know it's not we're not overreacting um <laughs> uh you know it's it's been it's been different uh you know because obviously the range portion of uh the business is closed um but you know we're operating as a gun store we're operating on limited hours uh and we're operating okay. on a uh one one person at a time appointment basis uh so we're only allowed to let one customer into the store uh because of the social distancing recommendations are you know no more than 10 people in uh a yeah. place like like mine um for right now um, so it's really just like two, three or four employees, one customer. And, and that's really been it. We've been working about six hours a day. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's strange. It's interesting. Uh, but in, in my downtime, I've been playing civilization six. Like you guys heard Taylor yes. talk about a couple yeah. of ago on the show. I, I actually, um, and I actually had that written down here to talk about, cause I almost downloaded the other day and I said, I'm going to fucking hate this. And this guy, the guys are just going to give me flack. So I might as well just stay away. No, you know what, dude, it, yeah. think about it this way. It's like, it, <laughs> you ever play risk when you were a kid? Yeah, I hated it. Okay, so it's like it's like Risk and like fucking Farmville put together. That's yeah, two things I, I hate. So, that's the best way I was just I like, you know what? Explain it. Let these guys have their fun with their thing. I don't need to be the guy that downloads it, spends forty bucks on the fucking game, plays it for two hours, and says this is bullshit, and then shove the remote up my ass. Dude, it's so much better when you play on PC, dude. Let me tell you. I believe that. You know why? Because uh, it's it's like a tile based. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. So to play it on console, you've got to use the stick and like oh, filter fuck through. That. Like if if you're on this side of the board and you want to get over there, you gotta you gotta flick the stick and just watch the cursor go all the way across. Whereas with a mouse, you just mouse over and click. You I know, so that part of it sucks, but like shit. it's just, it's so addicting because it's it's you know it's a strategy game. It's a it's a full on strategy sure. game. You know, so you you could sit there and you can say, okay, this is the these are the moves I'm gonna make. Plan your moves ahead, and then you, uh, you've been playing for four and a half to five hours, and you're like, where the fuck did the time go? Yeah, yeah and like, see, for me, my patience level is I just want to drop a nuke on whatever the other countries are. That's you know, all uh, I'd want to do. I, I, I there you go. Yeah, see, that's it. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I. I'm so into it that I watched Walking Dead and then I jumped right back into uh, Civilization, forgetting that Westworld was even on. So I didn't watch Westworld. <laughs> That's awesome. Did you finally watch Westworld? No, I'm going to watch it after this. Uh, this week was great. This week was fucking 
fantastic. Well, that actually reminds me. I completely missed uh, the plot against America. Oh, dude, another one, fucking fantastic. I'm I'm gonna watch it tonight when we get off. But I, I completely forgot, dude. Fucking fantastic again. Um, so you've been playing Civ Six. You've been uh, back to work at limited hours. Uh, still watching Walking Dead. Uh, Taylor, what about you? Besides Civilization Six and uh, the Taco Bell drive-through you sent me yesterday. I see everyone (laughs) loved it, dude. By the way. they, uh, I had a happy surprise when I ordered two steakcase Doritos and they gave me four. Hell yeah! So that was nice. Hell yeah! yeah. That's Hell like yeah. when you get the ten piece nugget and they give you twelve. Yeah, but no one needs. Well, okay, ten piece nugget from where? Because well, I feel like we're anywhere. Not anywhere. I want okay. nuggets anywhere. You know, you can't really fit an extra couple of nuggets into the McDonald's nugget container, <laughs> but in, in when, at Wendy's, it's just like the fry fucking thing, so, they you know, you get lazy out. and play, and they're just like, oh, that looks like 10. I feel, I feel like, like wait a minute, Wendy's, I already they just kinda like, and I'm still going. At Wendy's, they just, yeah. they just start throwing them in the bag and seeing how many they could get in. Kobe. You get a, you get a 10-piece for the ride home, you get a 10-piece for when you get home. Facts. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so this... Again, still playing Animal Crossing, um, Overwatch. Um, been trying to watch like different, trying to start different shows, and I'm just not, I just not caring right now. At least anyway, like Better Call Saul is completely. I'm not. I'm over it right now. I don't really care at the moment. Um, Ozark is another one. I just don't care right now. Um, but it's. Uh, I bought all three seasons of Jackass for twelve dollars. So that was, <laughs> that's a yeah, good purchase. That's does a good include, purchase. Uh, does it include the Gumball three thousand? The Gumball three thousand is one of the most underrated things. Yeah, wait a minute, hold on. So I'm watching Jackass, right? And I forgot they did this. Do you remember when they kidnapped Brad Pitt? Yes, no. of course, of Gosh. course, dude. The, the video of that, it's all, dude. It actually Gosh. just popped up like the anniversary of it was just like three months ago. It was Gosh. all over Twitter again. This young Brad Pitt is like sitting, is like waiting in line at like a hot dog stand in like downtown LA, and they the jackass guys planned to like just jump out with masks on in a van and just kidnap him. And then he was going to go full, you know, he was going to go full gimmick up. Help, help. So they had to call LAPD, let him know he was going to get abducted. But like, just don't worry about it. Like it's a, it's a work. And it is one of the funniest videos. Cause then you get the guy with the hidden camera, Dmitry Alyaskovich go, what the hell just happened? He goes, I think they just kidnapped Brad Pitt. <laughs> Dude, I can't believe you've never seen that, Josh. Josh, it is class oh underrated. I gotta, I gotta watch it. I don't know how I've never seen it. You know, I, I love, uh, I love like the little, like you know, the 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 quick stunts that they would do, like with Aaron McKee when he would be Danger Aaron. Um, oh, yeah. What he did, uh, he did the fucking. Uh, 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 extreme scooting. Yes, uh, dude. He's riding a fucking razor scooter down hills, going over jumps on like fucking rough terrain. My, yeah. My, my, my absolute I, favorite is when he would dress up in, in all the football gear and then he'd go through a drive thru and just steal the drive thru. <laughs> <spike it. laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> it's like coning when you do it at the McDonald's drive thru. I always yeah. I, I always appreciated like the tertiary guys in Jackass, like fucking Raycheon. Um, uh, like the guys Rick. they just fuck with. Rake with mustard. Yeah. Grab himself, who completely just disappeared at the end of Jackass, or when the movie started rolling out. Grab himself also has the like in the CKY videos. He's full sprint shitting. Oh, that's one of the running while shitting. 
That's one of the fucking greatest bits in fucking jackass CKY history. I th- those videos are underrated. Fucking CKY, CKY2K, Haggard, oh, piss, all those piss, fucking piss videos. Shit. Pissing shit on CKY is one of the funniest things. He goes, "Congratulations," and he hits him with the duty sock. <laughs> when uh, when, when <laughs> fucking Nico did uh. When he's, pissing, when he's pissing in his mouth, he's like this. <laughs> he's gargling it. Skeletor versus Beastman is great. That's a Classic. super... That, no, that would be Beast so Man? fucking horrendously fucking offensive in today's climate. I should probably try getting all the, the CKYs on Plex. I probably need them. Oh, so dude. If you can, I will, ask- I will, you'll never see me again. I'll just watch right, I'm, I'm doing it right now, then. <laughs> if you ask Bob... If you ask Bob, real talk. If you ask Bob to... Sing the beast, ma- the beast man song. He knows every single. Oh, word. so do I. But, so like, do I. It's the fucking stupidest fucking. I love thing. the like, part like in the middle. It's like I've got AIDS, beast man AIDS, <laughs> and I'll spread it into every good boy and girl today. <laughs> See, yo, I, I gotta stop. I gotta stop because now I'll just keep going. Yo, yeah, Dico no. was so underrated back in the day. Oh, uh, Dico was great. Um, yeah, I mean, I've just been. Uh, I I beat Resident Evil three. Uh, it was fucking great. A little short. Um, but obviously if you increase the difficulty, it'll be longer, not as scary as resident evil two, which was just like the original resident evil three wasn't as scary as the original resident evil two. This one feels like resident evil three and four kind of bridged. Um, so it's a little more action oriented, but it is fucking phenomenal. It looks great. Nemesis is fucking phenomenal in it. Just a little short. A little short. I could have done with another, like, maybe two hours, but I'll probably go back and play it. I actually went back after and tried playing Resident Evil 2 again. I'm like, holy shit, this is a lot harder. Two is more of the strategy-based, while three is more action-based. Um, I told like you, I couldn't, even more... get, I couldn't get past the fucking gas station in Resident Evil 2. That's the beginning. There was only one part in Resident Evil 3 uh, that creeped me out, and it's like you you have to face an onslaught of zombies, and it's like a fucking onslaught, and like you gotta go, you gotta make sure you conserve your ammo. That's like the big thing in Resident Evil, but it isn't nearly as difficult as Resident Evil 2, so I would suggest it. It is a lot of fun. It, it was exactly what I wanted it to be, besides being a little short, but the original Resident Evil 3 Nemesis was a little bit short, too, so... <laughs> Like I beat in one day as well, staying up straight through. This, if I played straight through, it would have you know flown by. But uh, obviously, I got a fucking dog this week, so I haven't been able to really play a game straight through. Cause yeah. having a dog is a fucking pain in the ass. Yeah, but you love it though. Don't act like no, you don't honestly, and not no, honestly, she hasn't been that bad. Uh, she she's been pretty quiet. She's re- barely had accidents in the house, which is the thing I expected the most of. Um, with most puppies, it's what you expect. You also expect them when you have cats not to get along. Luke and Lily and her are already like sleeping next to each other. Luke and her are like trying to wrestle, which is fucking hilarious. Um, but I, 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 my first incident with her last night, where I was like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" She hasn't been like a bar- she hasn't been a barker at all, which is another great thing because if you ever one of those dogs that just fucking yaps and yaps and yaps, you want to put on your Vic jersey and put him out the pasture. Yeah, that, that's my so, landlord's fucking dogs downstairs. Yeah. Fuck up. So, especially when they're puppies, you deal with it a little more. Last night, I'm watching this uh, this zombie flick that everyone's been telling me to watch called The Girl with All the Gifts. And I'm like 30, 40 minutes into it. I'm liking it. And the zombie action starts picking up. And they're like the uh, 
the sprinting zombies, like Dawn of the Dead remake, 28 Days Later. And this dog hated the fucking sounds of it and started freaking out. Like, I'm in the den watching it, and from the other room, she starts going ballistic. So I do know in a zombie apocalypse, this dog is going to let me know if it's happening. It was this strangest fucking thing that zombie noises are scaring a fucking dog but i can't wait for you guys to meet her she's uh she is fun cool yeah i can't wait either she looks she looks uh she looks cute as shit dude and yeah i can't even bring her to the fucking park now i find out that i can't go to the park as i'm at the park yesterday real nice you know yeah actually this is actually one full month since the last time we did a live recorded episode that's pretty crazy. I mean, if it got a little bit nicer out, we could have potentially on like the weekend do an outdoor episode together that's, where we're sitting six that's feet. That's not apart. a bad idea, dude. You know, we could nah. do it at the uh you know, we could do it underneath the tent. Uh, yeah, so we the, could do uh, it in the backyard. Mix her up with the middle like, somewhere so there's enough room. If we if we knew a Saturday or Sunday we were getting a nice day, it would be pretty fucking cool. We got a couple beers while we're hanging out. Uh, just an idea, potentially. Yeah. I mean, you're fine. You're allowed to be like six feet apart sitting outside. I mean, it's just, yeah, you, can't you know, an outdoors way to go. You know, I was, uh, I was texting with Pooner a little bit before we're going to go, uh, we're going to do a little hike around the complex tomorrow. Yeah, uh, you know, cool. get that guy out of the house, let him have some human interaction because our, our pal Spooner has been, uh, been holed up by himself for over a month now. Poor guy. And, dr- and drinking all. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> a lot. He's like, yeah, I've probably gone through like three or four bottles of JMO, uh, a lot of White Claw. I'm like, dude, I was like, I was like, I mean, I said to him, was like, you're drinking too much. He goes, I got laid off. I'm like, fair. Like, you bring up a good point. Um, all three of us did watch WrestleMania both nights, right? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Um, pleasant, pleasantly surprised. A lot better than I was expecting. They did a good job, as good a job as anybody. You know, um, this is one of the situations where Vince McMahon proves why he is uh, considered a revolutionary. Um, yeah. Because it, more often than not, he's out of touch and his creative doesn't make a lot of sense. But, you know, uh, with his back up against the wall, him and him and all the talent and all the backstage people and Triple H and everybody involved, they put together a show that was pretty good. Entertaining. And I'm honestly now like in favor of WrestleMania being split into two nights rather than a nine hour show. Yeah. Um, I agree. You can, you, I mean, like someone who hasn't watched really all that much, I was thoroughly entertained by everything. Um, I didn't really know storylines. Um, sure. I, I, I did laugh at the uh, ridiculous dialogue of the refs. And oh. hearing them shit talking, my favorite. As Vince my is yelling in their ear. Nights was uh, Seth Rollins going to uh, Kevin Owens. Come here, you fat piece of crap. <laughs> Dude, KO be, taking that fucking awesome bump, getting his WrestleMania moment. Uh, yeah, this is where it's interesting. It sucks that the only time it seems that Vince gets creative now is when he's forced to. Um, where he has to listen to other people between how good the boneyard match was. And then to be arguably one up the next night by the fire. Fun house. Fucking tear. Both those, both those matches I was fucking crying at. And then to get the such good shit in the yeah. Firefly Funhouse yeah. match. And Yo. now they're selling a shirt with the Vince McMahon puppet that says that's such good shit on it. Oh, Yo, hell yeah. The, I gotta get one. The, you know, the AJ Styles hand sticking out at the end. Oh, dude, it was great. It was cool to see Taker look good in the match again. I don't care if it's edited and cinematic, but like... T- the, 
Metallica entrance that they gave you the tease with AJ coming out with the Undertaker entrance. And then him, you hear Metallica playing and riding up on the fucking Harley. Dude, was I'd be okay, dope. you know, if, if they did that, something like that, like a vignette style match for the Undertaker every year at WrestleMania, well, he could go forever. Well, here's the thing. You could get your Undertaker sting match like that with no hangups. Oh, absolutely. That, that'd be the way to do it. And I know NXT just apparently is doing uh, uh, the, the next Gargano and Champa match in a cinematic style as well, um, which I'm about. Because I want to see – I watch Gargano and Champa all day. I don't even like Gargano. He's a great wrestler. I just fucking don't like him. They, ha- but- they, they have, as a tag team, they at that one NXT takeover, they have one of my favorite matches I ever saw against uh, the Revival back like, yeah. three, four years ago. One of, the best, one of the best matches, one of the best finishes I've seen in a very long time. It was fucking awesome. I love those. Yeah, and I, I like the idea. I, Matt Hardy, you know, he's the one that started this whole cinematic style match in TNA with the final de- or the or the final deletion match, the initial one, and it was it, everyone was kind of like, "What the fuck did we just watch?" And then it just had this word of mouth that built up. Then they did the ultimate deletion in WWE that was great. They did that terrible Randy Orton Bray Wyatt um, House of Horrors match. It was a piece I of shit. House of Horrors it, match. I didn't think it was it, that bad. You know what? It, it was it, bad, but it, it took it, itself too seriously. Up. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Like, if you're going to do this, you have to, like, kind of embrace the absurdity of wrestling with both with both the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse match did. Like, the whole NWO thing with John Cena was fucking great. Yeah, I love that. And, and then, uh, you know, P- uh, uh, Josh, a funny thing you were talking about, that it would be so Vince to give Charlotte Flair the belt over Rhea Ripley. And now it comes out why they had to do that is because Rhea Ripley's work visa expired. And oh, they're not yeah. giving new work visas out. So they kind of didn't have a choice here. They just had to take the cruiserweight title off their champion because uh, he also can't get a work visa coming over. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see how all of wrestling handles is going forward. We know now that the that NFL guys like Andrade. Well, he probably is, isn't. Well, my guess is that their work visas are going to be they're longer. I Rhea yeah. Ripley's expired that theirs probably did it more recently. Yeah. Um, they also may have been living in the States a lot longer when you think about it. And also, if Andrade marries Charlotte Flair, probably yeah, you're good. Off. You're in. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, Raw was, I actually appreciated on Raw of this past week that they gave us long matches. That we were, it's funny, we were shit talk. Night, they gave him his longest match I've ever seen with Aleister Black, and it was a fucking banger on Monday Night Raw. It was like a 28 minute match. And Cruz can go, he's a good athlete. Yeah, and Aleister, I, I think Aleister Black's a phenomenal performer. Phenomenal performer. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they do things going forward. Apparently, they filmed a shit ton of content going forward, so we'll see. Uh, we're getting a virtual NFL draft. Maybe we could do something cool for that where we can have Justin jump in when the Cowboys are on the clock, Bob when the Saints are on the clock. Something fun. We get different people on. What do you guys think of that? Yeah, I think that's definitely a good idea. Um, I was kind of – I was going to ask you guys, um, since it is draft season, like, you know, it's like prime offseason time. Like, like, what are the moves? Like, like, what else are you guys looking to get in the draft, like, from your prospective teams? Like, what do you guys want to happen? Because draft Josh. day, to me, is my most favorite outside of I the love draft day. day. Draft day is my favorite day. Not the movie, the day. It's a good movie, though. It's it's good. It's what has it's better than any right it has to be. It's 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 <laughs> it should be way worse. Like, I just love when he smashes the intern's computer and a guy's like, why would you guys who would do this? <laughs> so, Josh, what do you want to see the Falcons do in the draft? 
go back to their uh, old besides, jerseys. I was going to say, get new jerseys. <laughs> Dude, they're bags. horrendous. Oh, like, and it sucks you know for what? you that the Bucks released their – the Bucks new jerseys are nice. I still wish they were the creamsicle jerseys because I, lo- I love the Bucks old creamsicle jerseys. But you got ATL – that's like when the 76ers have just the the PHA jersey and Brooklyn yeah. BKN. I hate it. <coughs> yeah, like, yeah like, um, what the fuck are you trying to do, dude? It's stupid. Might as well have sorry, guys, really that. quick. Uh, on AEW Dynamite, um, Matt Hardy just challenged uh, Chris Jericho to an elite deletion match. Yes. I All just right. I'm like in. It. I just saw that, too. Yeah. All right. So, so, Josh, realistically, what do you think the Falcons need to do? Um, you know, um, I think that they addressed some, uh, needs on defense in free agency, you know, uh, not top level talent, but, uh, but a guy that is, uh, probably going to be a better pass rusher than Vic Beasley has been, um, low risk, high reward guys. Yeah. Um, you know, same thing with Todd Gurley, uh, you know, uh, low risk on the on the contract, high reward potential because he is Todd Gurley. Maybe he can bounce sure. back. So I think that the number one area of need that the Falcons must address in this draft must address is the offensive line. Matt Ryan is put on his back far too often. Matt Ryan is a guy that can throw for 5000 yards and 40 touchdowns a year if he is on his feet. Um, you got guys on the outside with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. These are guys that can catch anything that are thrown at them. But if the quarterback is on his back, they don't have anything to catch. Uh, so you got to address that offensive line. You got to get some guys that can run block. Got to get some guys that can do some pass protection. You know, you want to shore up the outsides of that line. Um, you know, they, they they got a solid guy to replace um, uh, to replace Hooper, which you know uh, it, it was the unspoken truth that we knew that Hooper was not going to be coming back. It's unfortunate yeah. because he is probably a top talent at tight end in the league right now. He's uh, a top top ten, maybe top five tight end right now. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's going to hurt. It's going to sting a little bit. But they got a guy that's solid. He can catch the ball. You throw it to him on third down. He's a good third down reliable guy he's not going to get the targets and he's not going to get the yardage that hooper got but he's going to perform uh so i really think that the the key to this year the key to turning it around is just shoring up that offensive line you know the defense is what it is if this offense can be allowed to score points like you know they can they're going to be a contender they're gonna they're going to be a threat to go 10 and 6 maybe 11 and 5 make the playoffs uh but they you know the the key to that is the offensive line if the offensive line performs like it did last year uh, we're going to see another seven and nine, eight and eight type season. Well, wait till they play up 17 games and then you'll get your, uh, your record you want. Yeah. The first uh, year, first year, it's going to be fucking eight and 10. Uh, no, eight and nine, eight and oh, nine. You want eight, one, eight, eight and one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrible um, record. All right. So, uh, Obviously, I want the Dolphins to do something to quarterback. I'm still holding that hope that they will trade up for Joe Burrow. Um, I still think it probably will happen. I don't know, um, but I just want them to get a quarterback. And I happen to like every quarterback. The only one that I am wary on from a talent standpoint is Justin Herbert because I don't know if he has it, not the physical ability, the it factor that when you've seen him come up small against every big game, uh, he has all the physical intangibles, but he has also that Paxton Lynch thing that scares the shit out of me where you don't know if he's going to be able to put it together against the, the playoff teams against the Ravens, against the Texans, against the chiefs. That's what scares me. But beyond quarterback, which is obvious for the dolphins, 
offensive line, uh, a, a, another pass catcher possibly, uh, and a pass rusher. Those are their big things. Offensive line, uh, running back would be a nice one. There's some really good running backs in there. Um, I, I really like Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin. I love uh, what's-his-name out of Ohio State as well. I think he's going to be a stud. Taylor, I think, has a better – chance to be great but a shorter window because he got ran ran into the ground at Wisconsin. He's got yeah. like maybe a four or five year window. But um then it has to be pass rush. They need pass rush badly. Although they improved um in the free agency obviously, but um they de- do need an edge rusher. Yeah, I think that's all fair. The only thing I disagree with, I understand the skepticism. I think Herbert's gonna be a very good quarterback. I look to uh the kid from the fuck's his name from Buffalo. The I, say, I, I don't love. I don't love him though. That's the thing. I don't well, love him. But he, I, listen, I get what you're saying. But what, like, here's the thing: when he played at Wyoming, he didn't against any big team. He didn't. He didn't play well. He didn't win either. But he's already shown he has enough capability to take a team to the playoffs. That's my only thing. Well, um, see, that's where I disagree. I don't think he took them to the playoffs. I think his team around him did. I, I want a quarterback that if you're going to take in the top five that will transcend and make the team that much better. I don't think Josh Allen is at that point yet. Can he be? But he had a great defense, a great running game, a good coaching as well. He was an average quarterback this year by any statistical standard, but he is improving. Um, but he had the most dropped interceptions. There's things I like about Josh Allen, but there's a lot of things I don't like that still scare me when when teams start fleecing the Bills for their players, which will happen like it does to any team that's on the rise. I don't think he is a Pat Mahomes, a Lamar Jackson type. Has the intangibles. I worry about Justin Herbert because it's one of those things that you just see him play in these games and he comes up small. The things you see him make wow plays against bad teams, he has dreadful throws against good teams. But there is potential with the right coaching staff. But I also, I like uh, Jordan Love a lot. I think Jordan Love has major, major potential. Jordan Love right shot up a lot in the last two, three weeks. He, he's really he's like up, a yeah. diamond in the he's a diamond in the rough. If you get him on the right offensive coaching staff, he will be a fucking stud. See where he, where that scares me too, is like, I think back to Jake Locker from Washington. Sure. Very similar. He was a surefire thing. He came back his senior season. I think that fucked him up too, but you know, same thing with Tennessee. It just didn't work. Um, now as far as Denver is concerned, um, Mr. Mr. John Elway is just showing repeatedly why he's one of the top execs in the league, bringing in key free agents. You they say that all the team. time, but I don't understand why. Well, let's see. He only, uh, he pay, he brought Jarrell Casey in for a six round pick. He got AJ. Oh, that's a great move. Great move for only a fourth round pick. Um, he has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven picks in its first four rounds of this year's draft. Um, so he has a lot of draft capital. They're picking at number 15. They need a number two wide receiver. I've been saying it and saying it and saying it. They have the draft capital to move up because the four teams ahead of them need a, need a number one, which we already have. Um, we signed Melvin Gordon. Did we forget about that? Um, took him away from San Diego. It's always yeah, because be who Diego. cares Never about Melvin him. Gordon? Is he going to play? Uh, yes. He's gonna play. Yeah, he'll play. Melvin Gordon, That I like that move to pair with Philip Lindsay. I actually like that when move a lot. To, when it comes a, to that, Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman's the odd man out. More like Devontae Booker, too. You know, when I when I look at John Elway, and, you know, and I'm not trying to get under your skin. I'm, I'm trying to have, you know, a, a, a legitimate conversation, play the devil's sure. advocate. Sure. Ha-ha. Ha-ha. Uh-huh. Um... 
you know, the way I look at it is, you know, he brings Peyton Manning in, he wins the Super Bowl, and, you know, that defense was uh, a top defense. Uh, and Phenomenal. Peyton was playing the best football of his career. But that defense was uh, – the nucleus was already there when Elway got there. You know, that's the way that I feel about it. And, and since Peyton retired, it seems like they've kind of taken a two steps forward, one step back kind of deal. You know, so I'm wondering, is this has this been like a quiet rebuild? And now he's got all this draft capital. He's made some moves. The way I look at it is he's got to th- – this team's got to come out, and this team has got to make the playoffs. If they don't make the playoffs, then I'm I'm sorry, but John Elway hasn't done a good enough job. Yeah, well, that's the thing. This draft is make or break for John Elway. I I, I kind of agree. The reason why I disagree is because, again, it's it's far removed now. It's two Super Bowls and and one win. Um, A a couple of playoff appearances, a bunch of AFC West titles. Um, He's he's swung and missed on a bunch of coaches and quarterback picks. That's not a secret. Um, But... It looks like you finally figured it out. Looks again. Looks, Drew Lock looks to be like the big deal. You get someone like Philip Lindsay, a Cortland Sutton second, third round pick, Deshaun Hamilton. He's he's drafted right in the skill position. He needs to shore up the offensive line. Um, but I, I think he really is a top five executive, specifically when it comes to bringing in free agents and making trades. Draft wise, no, he's bottom tier. I completely agree with you with that. But when it comes to bringing key free agents and getting the team over the hump. That's where I really think he excels, and that's what that's what this well, feels like. Again, in one offseason, we got Wes Welker, Keep to lead the Marcus Ware, Peyton Manning, one of the best off seasons ever, in my opinion. So it's, it, it, I mean, it's hometown bias. He's the greatest. Denver wouldn't have any Super Bowls without this guy. So sure, it's always going to be a hometown sure. bias. You know? uh, I don't think he's a top five executive because of the drafting inability. Because drafting is the thing that wins you championships. That's the long and short of it. Drafting free agent helps you build a pop. If you fuck up in the draft, you don't get anything. And they had good drafts drafts before that. But the teams that generally miss in the draft and spend big in free agency end up out of the playoffs nine times out of ten. It's just how it goes. This is the draft that has to define John Elway's legacy as an executive. This is what's going to make or break him. Obviously, he won a Super Bowl, went to another. But if you miss on this many drafts in a row and at specific, uh, very important positions, if Drew Locke does not pan out, that's what sets franchises back. And I think Drew Locke's going to be pretty good. But we never know with injuries. We never. I still don't think Vic Fangio's the guy because he's too old school in this new innovative NFL. Andy Reid's an old school co- old school coach has consistently changed how he coaches and he's what the second oldest coach in the league or the oldest coach in the league. The second oldest. I think and he's the he's con- yeah, and he's consistently changed. And Pete Carroll's another example. He's consistently changed how he coaches. And what I saw from Vic Fangio last year, although he got better as the season went on, was scary to me because it's too conservative. It's too 85 Bears-ish. And the 85 Bears offense would not win in t- today's NFL no matter how good their defense was. You can't coach like that. And I'm hoping he approves the bond and he puts the right coaches around him and decides to let them make the offensive play calls, when to be aggressive. He's an aggressive defensive coach, so he needs to be an aggressive offensive coach as well. So if Elway misses on this draft, this quarterback, this coach, that's a done deal. You have good ownership. That's the most important thing with free agency more than anything else. Trades trades, and drafting are where I judge executives because all free agency is doing is going to your owner and saying, give me a blank check, motherfucker. Yep. 
Yeah, I know that. But when I'm when when you bring in, you know, two holes. I love the Jarrell Casey trade. That's a fucking great trade. That's that's an absolute steal. I think Boulier was an absolute steal at great. only a fourth round pick at 29 years old. Um, you know, I, I think he's got a lot more. I think he's got a lot more to prove. You know, seeing Chris Harris now in with the charge is going to be hard to fucking stomach, but it's going to be know. hard for you. You have a really tough division. Like your division is on the upswing. Uh, every team around you um, in Josh's division, it's kind of in flux in my division. It's obviously in flux. Um, so it's not really no, but your division, I would say that the chief, the chiefs are obviously number one until proven otherwise. Yeah. I love the chargers off season. I don't know where they are at quarterback, but defensively their defense is sensational on paper. The Raiders are going to be an eight and eight team. Um, you know, eight and eight is two wins, two wins, two losses removed. You could be 10 and six. You could be six and 10. You know what I mean? Um, that it's, it's going to come down to drew Locke long and short of it. And if they don't improve the offensive line, that's going to be a dunzo wrap because it doesn't matter how talented a quarterback is with the bum line. He won't pan out. Look at Ryan Tannehill in my, I mean, look, it put, it put Andrew Luck into early retirement. So bingo. You know, but at the same time, I think talented quarterback, I, I have enough faith and I, I've seen enough in Drew Locke where I do believe in his ability and I really do like his upside. Like I said, he showed, he showed me enough. He could push the ball down the field if he's got it. He could make short runs for first downs on third and short. You know, he, he has the playmaking ability. I agree with you when it comes down to coach. Fangio is a little too old school in today's NFL. Yeah. And it does scare me a little bit, that conservative. Like I said, this goes back to our conversation about I thought John Fox was a great coach. But then he got too conservative in the Super Bowl That's, and we lost the fucking, you know, we, and we lost the game. So And I, that, I thought he was a good coach. I thought he was a good coach. That's what – that was the difference for me with Fox between being a good, great coach, great defensive coordinator – I look at him just like it was the same thing. Wade Phillips, I thought he was a pretty good head coach, great defensive coordinator. Norv Turner, great offensive coordinator, not a good head coach. Um, it's those little differences that make it. Sometimes you just got to listen to the guys around you that are experts in the area that are not your thing. But I'm very excited for the draft. So maybe we'll talk about the way we could do it. Have Bob Skype in, have Justin Skype in, do some fun stuff while we watch it. Sure. Uh, we might be getting base. We might be getting baseball in May, maybe. All in Arizona, which is fucking weird. Um, I don't know if that's going to go through. I guess a lot's going to depend on how all these COVID cases play out in the next few weeks. Um, the, everyone is kind of waiting on to see. Uh, you know, I think WrestleMania put a lot of these sports leagues into like, what can we do? Because the UFC is trying to do something, but now fighters are pulling out of this card, and it comes out that the only way the UFC was getting their seven hundred and fifty million dollars from Disney was if they held forty-two cards this year. So that's why they're scrambling to do it, not just to entertain. I get it. Um, but Rose pulled out of her f- rematch with Andrade today. Um, there's going to be more fighters that pull out. There, it's and the training camps are going to be a mess. Like, how's Gaethje going to look on a short notice fight against Tony Ferguson? He has a knockout chance, and I guess that's it. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's just one of those things. It, I, I don't. I, I disagree with you that they should cancel the event. But one, if too many fighters pull out last second, there's you, you're left with no choice at that point. I was disagreeing with the fact that, oh, for one guy, for Khabib, that you would get you would. Well, it, my argument was that that obviously I know Dana White's full of shit, but don't say that you have to put this card on because this is the one time both these guys are healthy and you can make it happen. And it's just about this fight. And then the fight can't happen. You're like, Oh, we're going to do it anyway. Cause now you're losing your money fight happens and crazier things that happen have happened than Justin Gaethje beating Tony Ferguson. I've seen Matt Sauer knock out George 
St. Pierre. Gonzaga knock out Krokop with a head kick. There's been way crazier upsets. We saw Holly Holm knock out Ronda Rousey, which statistically is the biggest upset in UFC history. So you're putting your, it's such a low risk or such a high risk, low reward fight for Tony Ferguson. I respect the shit out of him for taking it, but the UFC is putting all their eggs into this basket, trying to get their 750 million. It doesn't have anything to do with entertaining fans. It doesn't have anything to do with getting their fighters paid because they would be paying all their fighters that got pulled from cards. UFC 250, they're talking about doing, they're saying we're going to do it at our venue, which just got turned into a fucking hospital. Like, uh, I think this card's going to happen still. I still don't know. I, I really don't. Because so many things are going to... April 18th might as well be fucking two years away. John Jones will get arrested four times before that. Yeah, a, lot, a lot's been changing and a lot's been going on just in the last two days, let alone yeah. April 18th. So it's one of those things where you got to play it by ear. But if Rose pulled out, which I had no idea until you just told me... That's a big fight with uh, with Andrade. That's a big fucking fight. I, and I don't like people. I see a lot of fans guilting fighters like Habib, like Rose, for pulling out of these fights. Like, what? Do, like, how can you fault people in this situation? She just got fucking slam KO'd, and she's about to fight the girl that slam KO'd her. And you want her to fight in a shitty training camp when there's a global pandemic going on? Yeah, I think this is one of the few times where people being cautious isn't being made fun of nearly as much. Um. You know, same thing, like, in, like I go back to my industry where it's like, you know, you go, unless you're literally in a hospital bed, you show up for work. Um, so, th again, but it's, it's the same thing. Now it's everyone, does, no one wants to get this shit. No one wants to go out. No one wants to endanger other people. So. I'm not even worried about getting it. I'm worried about, I think it's more likely that one of us would be like asymptomatic and we're going to give it to someone else. You know what I mean? Give it to a family member. Give it to the old bitch. Gives up the like that's more my concern we're more likely to be carriers and give it to someone and you won't even know because everyone's all these people that got it they're like oh i don't know where i could have got it from that's the fucking point and they wouldn't have to do shit like shutting down the state parks and doing all these things if people just fucking stayed home for a week i'm tired of people saying police state police state shut the fuck up shut the fuck up pretty easy <laughs> well i mean i i get the, i i again i get the uh the police state argument. I understand what they're saying, but at, but at the I same understand time, the principle. Th this is, this is, this is unprecedented circumstances and you have to take extreme measures to kind of, again, and I hate using the term, but to flatten the curve is really what we have to do. And the places that have done it shows it works. You just have to, I mean, it's the same, it's the same thing with going to jury duty. It's the same thing with doing your civil duties. You have to just list. This is one time where you just have to fucking listen. And it's not yeah. that big of a deal. I mean, it's, it's weird. Like I said, being essential personnel and seeing people still out and about, I have no problem with people going, want to go for a run around the block, take a two mile run, go, go back for home. a walk. Yeah. Not, go for not, a hike. Not a big deal. But when I can't tell you how many people have been coming up to the, like, to, you know, Hey, is the range open? Like I've been turning away groups of like five, six people getting in a car together. I don't, I, it, doesn't make it doesn't make sense to me how people just don't care. Specifically where we are. It is the second highest. It is the second highest cases in the country, outside of New York, and we're just as bad as New York is, which is the craziest part. If, because if we people, if don't, New, people don't understand that. No, if if New Jersey was a country, it would have the ninth most cases in the world. Think That's about what I'm that. Saying. It's over forty-five thousand yeah. cases in a month. 
Like it's, it's, and I'm not even a, a Phil Murphy fan, but I think he's been doing everything he possibly could in these circumstances because it, no one knows what the fuck is going on. It's just constantly changing, dude. What uh, kid we know was sent to Belleville Hospital last week to go build a temporary morgue. But yeah, like, there's um, th- there's a hospital we're supplying oil to that built a triage center outside for coronavirus. Yeah, so, they're bringing in freezer trucks to store bodies. So the other thing that's weird too, like, and I, I draw the line somewhere. Like, I go into people's houses, I go on the truck, I do all these different things. I'm out in the public. I, I have to be. It's my job. I don't have yeah. that, sure. that. That you know, I don't have the, the choice. Um, but the pro, like, when we deliver to the triage center. That's where I draw the line because there are people that have coronavirus up there. And I go, listen, I'm yeah. not, I'll drive the truck there. I'm not delivering. So, you know, we get we get someone, they throw a suit on and they cover up and they do the whole thing. And, you know, and it's the, and again, it's one of those things where it's like, like, who's going to make fun of me for if I don't want to go near a fucking center where people have coronavirus? Only an asshole would. But all right, guys, let's wrap this up. We'll keep it short and sweet this week. We started a little bit later. Um, we'll discuss some preliminary things about the NFL draft. Um, hopefully things get better the next week. I'm not expecting it. You know, these next two weeks are going to be the toughest, um, as our, our president and other politicians have told us. Um, but uh, this was fun again. I'm enjoying it. Um, thank you, Lobo Sam, Bet DSI. I forgot to plug shots for likes again. Um, sorry, yeah, Brian. Cares. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, Josh, Josh Taylor. We'll see you next week. I'll talk to you guys soon. Later, guys. Yep. Later.